If you have a Bible, go please to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. I'm going to be brief tonight, but I want to share with you a few thoughts from the Word of God that are essential for us to keep in mind in times such as we're living today. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Pardon, verse 12. The Bible says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory which rests on you. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God which is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I ask you tonight to speak to our hearts, speak to the heart of every person listening that there might be an awakening in our spirit toward God, a hunger toward God, that we would lay aside every fear, every anxiety, every distressing thought, and that we would put our focus and our trust in the Lord. We ask you to speak to us by your holy and inspired word. Anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God and anoint this congregation that they might hear the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Is everybody all right? Can you breathe a sigh of relief? It's going to be okay. God is in control. Say amen, somebody. I said it's going to be okay. First of all, I want to I bring three ideas to our mind tonight. First of all is this, that tough times are inevitable. I mentioned it on Sunday uh, but I want to mention it again tonight because it's important for us to remember and to know that God anticipates times like this will come into the life of the believer. Uh, eh, lo primero, quiero uh, compartir tres cosas esta noche, pero lo primero es esto, que tiempos difíciles son inevitables. Uh, you can try to avoid tough times, but sooner or later they come. Usted puede tratar de evitar los tiempos difíciles en su vida, pero tarde que temprano van a llegar a su vida. And Peter is writing to a suffering church. Pedro está hablando a, un, a una iglesia sufriendo. This was a church that was enduring a great deal of suffering economically, uh, spiritually, as well as um, their uh, cultural differences because they had been spread out throughout the uh, the world uh, because of persecution and so there was a great degree of pressure and stress upon the the people of God and Peter writes them and says don't be surprised when you see the fiery ordeal a Pedro dice a esta iglesia él estaba escribiendo a la iglesia en el, en su tiempo una iglesia que pasaba por difíciles momentos culturales sociales y también espirituales y les dice no os sorprendan cuando se encuentren en pruebas. 
And he's telling them this because he wants them and he wants us to realize that we live in a fallen world, vivimos en un mundo caído, and a broken world, un mundo quebrantado, y el resultado es que vamos a de vez en cuando encontrarnos en prueba. From time to time, we're going to find ourselves in the painful trial. Right now, it's not the church alone that's suffering, but all the world. Ahorita no es solamente el mundo que está bajo prueba, sino todo el mundo que está pasando por esta oportunidad o esta ocasión. Everyone is going through this moment of crisis. And the true test is what you and I do in the midst of crisis. The Bible tells us what we should do when we come up against a fiery trial or an ordeal we are to call on God. La Biblia nos enseña que cuando entramos a una prueba debemos clamar a Dios. You all know this verse. I'm going to remind you of it tonight. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 3. If you don't mind going there in your Bible and look at it with me. Vaya Jeremías capítulo 33 y el verso 3. El texto muy bien reconocido entre el pueblo del Señor. And here we read the words of the prophet. He says, of the Lord speaking, call upon me and I will answer you. This is Jeremiah 33, 3. We've all heard it. Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. ¿Qué debemos hacer en la prueba? Debemos clamar a Dios. Debemos buscar el rostro de Dios. Dice la palabra, clama a mí. Y yo te responderé y te enseñaré cosas grandes y difíciles que tú no conoces. Now I want to tie this thought real quick to something else. Uh, stay there in Jeremiah, but in, in Psalm 91, the, the psalm that the whole world seems to be reading right now, uh, el Salmo 91, que es el Salmo que parece que todo mundo estamos leyendo ahora, it's, it talks about a pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Habla de la pestilencia que camina en la oscuridad. And the word darkness uh, is uh, to be understood as uh, the unknown. La, la oscuridad es lo que no entendemos, lo que no sabemos. There's a lot of darkness on the world tonight. Hay mucha oscuridad sobre la tierra, sobre el mundo en esta uh, noche. There's the darkness of the unknown uh, regarding the coronavirus. Uh, there's still a lot of unknowns about the virus itself. Hay mucha oscuridad sobre este virus, mucho que no sabemos. Cómo se transmite. We don't even know exactly how it's transmitted. Now we certainly don't know what the cure is. No conocemos uh, la, la forma de tratar este, esta enfermedad. And then we have the unknowns of the economy. Luego tenemos la, la, el, uh, lo desconocido de la economía. And we have the unknowns about the panic and the fear that, and how it's going to affect all of us. El, el desconocido, lo desconocido, el pánico y el temor que no sabemos que vamos a hacer. You don't even know if you're going to find water when you go to H-E-B. Right? There are things going on around us that produce a great darkness. Hay mucha oscuridad en nuestro mundo. This isn't new, is it? This isn't new. The, the darkness has been here. But uh, the Bible tells us that God says, I'm going to show you things you don't know. ¿Qué dice Jehová? Clama a mí y yo te mostraré cosas que tú no sabes. In other words, he says, I'm going to turn the lights on in your darkness. 
En otra palabra, él dice, voy a prenderte la luz en las tinieblas. And so tonight, God says, don't be surprised when you find yourself in a trial. Call on me. Si usted se encuentra en una prueba, dice Jehová, no te sorprenda la prueba, sino clama a mí. Y yo te voy a responder y te voy a enseñar lo que tú no sabes. This is what we need to be praying for our national leaders. We need to be praying for medical uh, uh, facilitators. We need to be praying for pastors and people in authority. We need to be praying God reveal to them the unknown things. Give them win insight, revelation, and understanding. And, and give me insight and revelation and understanding. You know, it, it never seemed like, at least in America, that you ever have to pray about whether you should go to the store or not or whether you should go out of town or not. But that's the world we live in. In right now and guess what God says call upon me I'll tell you I'll answer you I'll show you great and mighty things which you know not this is a promise of revelation and then in verse 6 this is the important thing what is what he's going to tell you what is it that he's going to reveal to you que es la promesa de Dios el dice te voy a enseñar lo que tú no sabes pero no es todo he says in verse 6 and behold I will bring to it that he's speaking about the city that's under this affliction, I will bring to it what? Health and healing. Everybody say that with me. Health and healing. ¿Qué dice Jehová? Yo voy a traer salud y sanidad. God says, if you call upon me, I'll bring health and I'll bring healing. Dios dice, si tú clamas a mí, yo voy a traer sanidad y voy a traer salud a tu cuerpo. How many of you want health and healing? The world needs health and healing. God is the source of it. What's the answer? He says, call on me. That's why we've come to the house of prayer to pray. That's why we're gathering in homes and in, uh, in living rooms and in cars all over the nation tonight and around the world this week, calling on God, praying. Why? Because those who call on him will get an answer. And he says, my answer will be health and healing, and I will heal them. And I will reveal to them an abundance, here's the next word, of peace and truth. God says, you call upon me, I'll give you peace. Anybody need peace? Does our world need peace? Absolutely. Our world needs peace today. The grocery store needs peace today. What has happened to our world in a matter of days? God says, you call on me, I'll give you peace. Have you ever experienced the peace of God? The Bible says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but in all things. Look at the contrast. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which overwhelms, surpasses, overflows all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your mind by Christ Jesus, our Lord. ¿Qué dice la palabra del Señor? Dice la palabra del Señor que Él dará salud y sanidad y también dará paz y verdad. Y además dice la palabra que usted y yo no tenemos que estar ansiosos de nada, sino en todo. Ansiosos en nada y en todo. A través de la súplica y la oración, hacer notoria nuestra, nuestra petición delante de Jehová. Y el Dios de paz hará que esa paz sobreabunda en nuestro corazón y en nuestra vida. 
Look at verse 7. He says, I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel, and I will rebuild them as they were at the first. Can I just tell you, uh, there, there is, we're just at the beginning of this thing right now, and there is a, a lot of unknown. There's a lot of darkness around it. But you call on God, and don't get into fear. Get into faith. Tell your neighbor, get into faith. And stay in faith. I said, stay in faith. Manténgase usted en la fe. Why? Because God says, I will restore the fortunes of Judah. God says, I can rebuild what Corona tears down. If you'll stay in faith. If you'll walk by the word. What has God told us? He's told us uh, to walk by faith. And this is because when we walk by faith, we stay in faith. We can, we can accelerate the process of recovery in our own life and the life of people around us. That's the first thing tonight. The next thing is this, is that uh, tough times are a gift from God. Número dos, los tiempos difíciles son una, un regalo de Dios. You say, Pastor, I don't seem, doesn't feel like a gift to me. But let me just ask you a question. The biggest lessons you've ever learned in your life, did you learn them at birthday parties? Did you learn, did you learn them on Christmas morning when the tree was full of gifts? When did we learn them? We learned them in tough times. When did I learn to trust God? When did I learn to pray? When did I learn to fast? When did I learn to run to the house of God and, and to seek the presence of God? It was in the moment of difficulty. ¿Cuándo fue que aprendí a confiar en Dios? Aprendí a orar, aprendí a leer la palabra, aprendí a ayunar. Fue cuando entré a tiempos, a tiempos difíciles en mi vida. And it may not seem like in the moment that it's a good thing. Uh, quizá en el momento no es algo bueno. But I'll tell you what, uh, when it turns your heart to prayer, when it turns your heart to trust in God, when you get a better perspective on life, you realize this was a gift from God. God didn't send the trial. God didn't send the crisis. But he does create out of it a gift for your life. Because God redeems the brokenness of our life. Dios no envió el problema, no envió esta crisis, pero ha provisto a través de él un don, una oportunidad. Uh, y a, 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 a través de esta crisis, él ha provisto una oportunidad de regresar nuestra perspectiva a lo que más vale en nuestra vida. Y de repente vemos que en medio de la crisis hay una oportunidad. There is always an opportunity for the gospel, always an opportunity for God's glory, always an opportunity for you and I to grow when you enter into difficult times. Look at what Psalm 137 says. Go there, please. Salmo 137, véalo conmigo, por favor. And verse 1, Psalm 137 and verse 1. El Salmo 137, el verso 1. Dice la palabra del Señor, the word of God says, by the rivers, by the rivers of Babylon... There we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Upon the willows in the midst of, of it we hung our harps. For there our captors demanded of us a song. And our tormentors mirth saying, sing to us the songs of Zion. 
How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill and my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom, the days of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it, 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 it to its very foundations. O daughters of Zion, O Babylon, be devastated one. How blessed will be the one who repays you with the recompense with which you have repaid us. How blessed will be the one who seizes and dashes your little ones against the rock. You say, Pastor, what does this psalm have to do with me tonight? Well, I want you to understand the nation of Israel. Let me just do a little history lesson here. The nation of Israel did not have a local church. The nation of Israel had a temple. And they had one temple. For the whole nation. La nación de Israel, para que usted entienda este salmo, la nación de Israel tenía no, no iglesias locales, sino un templo. And you were required to go to the temple if you were male, older than 20 years old, you were required to go to the temple three times a year. So that's when you went to go pray. That's when you went to the house of God, was, was when you journeyed to Jerusalem. But the the nation of Israel, because of their rebellion against God, was taken by the Babylonian Empire and carried into Babylon. And now they don't get to go to the temple at all. And now they are in a land with a different language and a different culture and a different diet, and they're far from the house of God. This was a national tragedy, a tragedy that lasted 70 years. I don't know how long coronavirus is going to last. I doubt it will last 70 years. But this, this lasted 70 years. And the psalmist says to us, he says, by the rivers of Babylon. Where are they? They're far from home. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like right now that this is not our home? What is, what is this, this country we're living in right now? It doesn't feel like America right now. They were far from home. And listen, this, these are important things to notice. They were sitting down. Tell your neighbor, calm down. Listen, when you go through a tragedy, you got to sit down. Cuando usted pase por una crisis, siéntese. Cálmese. ¿Dónde estaban? Sentados. You got you to calm down and get a perspective. You know, some people are just prone to hysteria. And people are not. Some people you can't make them hysterical no matter what comes. And some people doesn't take much. We're all, we're all a little different in that sense. But everybody has to learn, instead of reacting to things, respond to things. Tenemos que aprender, en vez de reaccionar, tenemos que responder. A reaction is something that comes out of your mouth, something that comes out of your spirit, something that comes out of or maybe through your hands and violence, whatever the case may be, out of, your, out of your instincts and your nature. But a response comes from your inner man. When you sit down and you say, God, what do you want me to do? And that's where you can discern the gift in the problem. When you sit down and you say, God, do you lead me? Give me peace. Give me calm. And when you start to listen to God, you start to realize, okay, things are different now. There's a new reality in my life. And maybe things will never be the same again. 
After 9-11, things were never the same again in America. A lot of things, most things went back to being the same, but a lot of things never went back to being the same. And this is not just true for coronavirus. It's true for the death of a loved one. It's true when you are diagnosed with a chronic disease. It's true in all kinds of crises that things are changed and reality is different. And what did God say to Israel? He said, build houses and marry off your children because you're going to be there for 70 years. This is a long-term deal. But sit down. And what's the next thing they did? They wept. To weep is not only to let out your emotions. It's not only to, to, spill, to spill out your tears before God. But it is in the Hebrew context, the the act of calling on God of intercession. It is the place of yearning in the presence of God. God says, sit down, calm down, and come to me. Give me your tears. Give me your tears. Give me your anxieties. Give me your worry. Give me the problems. Amen, somebody. You know, the Bible says God collects our tears in the bottle. Dice la Escritura, uh, que ellos lloraron, eso significa uh, el clamor, la oración, el gemir del pueblo. Uh, y, y de eso entendemos uh, la realidad que Dios dice, toma calma y tráeme a mí tus lágrimas. God doesn't mind your tears. Aren't you glad about that? We pray that this crisis will end quickly. Friend, if the days of tears come upon us, let us be going to God with our tears. Because he's the one that can wipe away our tears. He's the one that can take our mourning and turn it into dancing. That can take our ashes and turn it into beauty. That can take our brokenness and make it whole. When I was a young man, they used to sing a song that said, God saw the tears you thought no one saw. The tears no one else saw in your life, you cried into your pillow. God saw them. And he went on that road trip, and he wept alone in your car as, as you were driving. God saw those tears, and he says, I've kept your tears in a bottle, and I've kept your prayers before me, and I'm going to answer them. Someone say hallelujah. And then they, they were told to do, then we see the next thing. They sat and they wept and they remembered. Everybody say remember. Luego recordaron. What did they remember? They remembered Zion. Recordaron a Seón. They remembered the house of God. Recordieron, recordaron la casa de Dios. What does God want you to remember tonight? He wants you to remember that he's already been speaking to you about this for a long time. It's not an accident that this year God starts saying to us, this year breakthrough will visit your house. At the same time or shortly thereafter, the news comes on saying, Corona is going to visit your house. And you have to decide, who am I going to believe? Come on, somebody. This is when you have to remember. I don't live by bread alone. But I live by every word. Somebody say every word. Every word. Say it again. 
Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Is that good news? Remember that God has spoken. And that God's word is infallible. And God does not lie. God does not miss it. He said, I'll bless you in the midst of trouble. But you need to live by my word. Not by what you hear. Not by the panic around you. And, and that's the thing, you know, isn't that every sentence today seems like, I heard. Did you hear? And every few hours, it's a new thing. Did you hear? I heard. Did you hear God says, stop it. You live by what you heard me say. He said, I humbled Israel that I might teach them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word brings comfort to our hearts, so we need to remember what God has spoken to us. Remember that he's been faithful to us and that he says, even if you're unfaithful, I will remain faithful. Say amen, somebody. Remember that God brought you through test and trial and test and trial and test and trial all throughout your life. Has he failed you? Has he abandoned you? Has he forsaken you? You said, but pastor, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest thing my life's ever been through. Maybe so. But it's not bigger than God. And God is in control. Remember that he brought you out of Egypt. Listen, if he saved your soul, Corona's nothing compared to sin, folks. It's nothing compared to sin. And yet he has provided for not only for your sin, but for every other thing that our life can need. And finally, I'll close with this tonight. Tough times don't last. I don't know how long this will last, but I know this, it won't last forever. Just remind yourself, no season ever lasted forever. Número tres, tiempos difíciles no duran para siempre. Usted no tiene que temer que esto vaya a durar para siempre. No sé qué tan largo vaya a ser, pero usted no tema. Sepa que los tiempos difíciles no duran para siempre. God alone is forever. Dios es para siempre. John chapter 16, verse 33. Juan 16, verso 33. Dice la palabra del Señor. The word of God says, I have told you these things so that you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesús dijo, les he dicho estas cosas para que en mi paz estén descansando, habitando en mi paz. En el mundo tendréis tribulación, pero toma ánimo, porque yo he vencido al mundo. 
Christ is overcome. Tough, not, someone said tough times don't last. Tough people do. Are you tough? I guess we're going to find out, won't we? We are tough. I bet you're tougher than you think you are. Tell your neighbor, you're tougher than you think you are. Somebody said, you'll never be the mom. You'll never be the man your mama was. They're talking about how the old generation seemed like they could just stand up to anything. Guess what? You're tougher than you think you are. And wherever your toughness ends, God is there. God is your strength. God is your refuge. He'll see you through. He'll see us through today. And he'll see us through to the end. Would you stand with me, please? I want to pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed tonight. I want to make an announcement after the blessing, uh, just for the congregation that's here tonight. Would you just lift your hands to heaven? Thank God. Just thank him for his abundant peace. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God, we thank you tonight because your peace fills our soul. Your peace fills our heart. We know that our, there are people who wanted to be here tonight that couldn't be here tonight. But you're there with them. And your rod and your staff comforts them and it comforts us. We've come into the house of prayer and we've elevated our prayer before you on behalf of the world and on behalf of of the nations and on behalf of the church. And today we just give you thanks because we know you've heard us. We rejoice in your presence tonight. We ask you, oh God, to let the abundance of peace overwhelm our hearts for every season of our life. Lord, I know that before this stirring of the coronavirus in our nation, there were already problems and, and needs and petitions in the lives of your people. They were already going through uh, matters that were troubling and, and, and bringing anxiety to their heart. And in all things, you are God. Again, we bring them to you. We lay them at your feet because you said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. We cast our anxieties on you tonight and we trust in you tonight because you are Lord. And in Jesus' name, we receive the peace of God which overflows. We walk in divine revelation. Lead us, O oh God, by your Spirit.